Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And you know David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are, and you know we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters. And we all deserve it. We sure do. So, are you curious about how couples get into the swinging lifestyle? As much as we've shared various personal stories about our sexual exploration journey, we always welcome new opportunities to shed more light onto how we have navigated the swinging lifestyle together. On today's show, we're going to share how we discovered the swinging lifestyle and how we pushed our sexual boundaries to be the sexiest versions of ourselves. We get to reveal our private stories about masturbation, orgasms, squirting, fantasies, and our favorite sex toys. This is one of those episodes that you really need to listen right to the end. You sure do. But as we do on every show, let me tell you about our must-have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils and silicone lubes to all other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. You don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket and order yours today. Great sex starts now. All righty, you know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and uh, we are so excited to share with you an interview that we did with relationship coach Sumati Sparks for her podcast. We really had a blast just talking to her about our adventures into the swinging lifestyle. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Hello, and welcome to Eating Love Radio. It's your host, Sumati Sparks, the Open Relationship Coach. Have you ever wondered how well suited you are for ethical non-monogamy? Today, I am super excited to have as my guests, Carol and David. Carol and David are the hosts of the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. They are a strong, committed couple who are experts on the swinging lifestyle and real-life swingers themselves. From previously failed marriages to a solid, fulfilled relationship with a great sex life, they now coach other couples on the benefits of living in the sexy lifestyle. Their mission is to inspire others to spice up their sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny lives. Welcome to the show, Carol and David. Hi, Sumati. Thank you so much for having us tonight. It's a pleasure. So great to have you. Um, so I'm really excited to get down to things here. Um, tell uh-huh. us a little bit about how you guys met and, you know, how you got into the sexy lifestyle that you're in. 
Well, we do have a fun story uh, because we are in our failed marriages. In fact, um, 15 years ago, 16 years ago now, Dave and I met when my ex-husband fell in love with his ex-wife. And oh, wow. <laughs> they dumped us, and we became very good friends, uh, helped each other through our divorces, and then we became a couple, and then we became a swinger couple. And we've moved from a very uh, sexless marriage to a very sex-fulfilled marriage. Absolutely. It's been amazing. Yeah. That's really awesome. <laughs> so funny. Um, so how long have you been together, and how did you kind of find your way into the, the lifestyle that you're in now? Well, we have been together 16 years, and it was probably mm-hmm. two years into our relationship when we actually fell upon the lifestyle in a fun way. We were on vacation in Mexico, and uh, we didn't know anything about the lifestyle at the time, but we happened to sit beside a couple who, in fact, they were swingers, and we found out that they were swingers by just chatting with them. The resort we were at was topless, optional, so right. they were sitting there, and he was massaging sunscreen into her tits, and Carl was like, don't you think about doing that to me? <laughs> yeah. So after several days of chatting with them, getting to know them, they actually, we asked so many questions. They taught us a whole lot about this lifestyle that we had never heard of. And we were so intrigued. Every single night we went back to our room, started talking about it. Would we? Could we? Should we? And we told them the next day that, you know what, we would really like to try that. And so they said, okay, well, let, let's have a date. And we said, okay. <laughs> we we did. We went back to uh, our room. and We had no sexy outfits or anything, <laughs> so... Carol put on a top and then pulled it down over her butt just to cover her pussy. And we went to their room and she was wearing these thigh-high, lace-up high heels, but she kept on. And we all started kissing. And then we got dressed and she kept on her shoes. And it was more of a soft swap, which was, you know, there was no, um, no opposite partner penetration. Yeah. And um, we had a great time playing. And her thing was that... Yeah, where her husband would come all over my tits, and then she would lick it off. And that was their kind of shtick that they would do. Uh, And it was a nice introduction to the lifestyle. We didn't really know what to expect. And um, it turned out wonderful. And then really, uh, the next day, we met another couple. And the next day, we met another couple. And actually, we became full swap swingers within three days. Um, and by the end of that week, we, we said, never looked back. Yeah, we said, this is it. We found our tribe. We love this. And we said, oh, my goodness, this is where we want to be. Amazing. That's so cool. And so did you feel like, um, I don't know, sometimes I wonder, like, were you attracted to the other couple or was it just the excitement of being with someone new that aroused you? Oh, I think you? a little bit of both, but they were definitely an attractive couple. Oh, yeah, she uh, was. Five foot ten with legs yeah. up to anywhere. Yeah. She had huge tits. Yeah. He was a very handsome guy. They were both British. And, um, yeah, there has, there always has to be some sort of physical attraction. Right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's so cool. And so this has, like, completely, like, so now that you've been together so long, do you feel like this this lifestyle is really keeping you guys juiced as a couple? Oh, for sure. And plus, we've, of course, gone through a long journey from that point of just discovering the lifestyle. Then we actually had to learn about how does it work, how do you get your communication, how do you get your rules, all of the things that, you know, we can discuss more in depth. But then, of course, we became uh, leaders in the lifestyle. We started doing groups and we started doing, we had a dating site for swingers and, you know, and now we have our podcast all about the swinging lifestyle and about sexy lifestyle in general. 
So we've come a long way. And in fact, we're out in the open. There's not that many swingers that have told their parents and their kids and their friends and family that they're swingers because there's still a lot of stigma surrounding the swinging lifestyle. But uh, in 2012, we came clean. So it's been 10 years now that we've been out in the open with our lifestyle. And of course, we're so happy we did because we don't There's no like, weight on our right. shoulders. And, There's no and, hiding it. Everyone knows where we go. We haven't lost any friends, <laughs> but we have a whole bunch of friends who live vicariously through us. Right. <laughs> right. They want to hear the details, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so did each of you feel like you were, you know, the way you just moved into this so smoothly and easily, did you have families that were pretty sex positive or did you have to overcome some repression around sexuality? Yeah, not at all, really. No, no. I think the, the issue for what, us is we were both very sexual people, and we came from sexless marriages, so we had all this pent-up frustration and sexual wants that, that we didn't get in our, our marriages, and our marriages failed because of multiple reasons, but one of them was we were, it was boring, it was stale, it was, you know, sex in the missionary position once a month, and um, you if know, you're lucky. I didn't have that much. <laughs> even less. Even less for me. And, um, you know, the marriages fell apart. Um, we believe that, you know, uh, relationships are um, start and end in the bedroom. And we didn't have that in our previous marriage. We came together. We had absolute crazy monkey sex when we started. Yeah, and for... for- I mean, I was going to say several years yeah. before we even found the lifestyle. We were having amazing sex together, mm-hmm. rediscovering our sexuality. I learned new things at that time that I'd never known. And in my 40s, I learned how to squirt. I learned how to orgasm on, on command. I learned how to um, do lots of things that I had never, ever done in my sex life. Sex toys. Yes, sex toys. I'd never even had a sex toy before that. So it was really a, a 180 turn for me in my sex life, meeting David and learning my body and really enjoying sex. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And so um, tell me a little bit about, you said you, within three days you were doing full swap. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of other terms that swingers okay. use. Can you go over those a little bit? Sure. So um, swinging basically or the lifestyle incorporates all sorts of, well, a range, let's just say, from voyeurism to exhibitionism, and then to swapping partners. And you can swap your partners for sexual flirtation and maybe some oral sex, and we would call that soft swap. Like David mm-hmm. said, our very first encounter with that couple was soft swap because there was no penetration. But mm-hmm. then you can do also full swap, where you mean it means that you are having full sexual penetration, penetrative intercourse uh, with the other couple. And... Um, that's kind of the range. It doesn't have to be one or the other or, or anything. It's whatever you decide is good for you uh, mm-hmm. is how you're going to live in this lifestyle with your partner. And, and soft swap and voyeurs and exhibitionists and full swap all cohabitate very well. You can be in an orgy with some people watching, some people playing, um, some people... Just touching and feeling and flirting. Having a little gangbang, everything, whatever is good for you, and nobody is forced to do something they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't be an exhibitionist without having some voyeurs. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their part to play. <laughs> um, so what what kind of stuff did you, what kind of um, mistakes did you make or challenges did you run into early on that you needed to overcome? 
Well, of course, when we first started in the lifestyle, we were we were very well conversed. So every time we went into a new situation, we would talk about what we would expect, what what was going to happen, what we were where our boundaries were, what we were thinking will happen, won't happen. And in the most part, anyways, we didn't really have that many bad situations. No, the only situations that arose were due to the fact that I was a guy. <laughs> and mm-hmm. guys just sometimes don't get what they're supposed to do and maybe, how they're supposed maybe to Maybe they don't follow the rules also, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, you're in a hotel room and there's 10 couples there and two gorgeous women come up to you and say, you know, we want to have a threesome with you. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I'm with you. I'm gone. You're there. And all of a sudden your wife turns the corner and said, um, where were you? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me where you were going? Right. So we learned that over time. And really, you know, like anything in a relationship, communication is key. So you just got to check in with your partner all the time. And we're also, mm-hmm. we made a pact with each other that we were in this exploration phase together. We we're learning what this lifestyle was all about and that we would not hold it against the other if we did make a mistake. Just promise to not do it again kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, it kind of worked. That definitely worked for us. Uh, well, so do you, so it sounds like you are okay, like not always being in the same room together, but I know some couples have that as a rule, is that correct? Well, in general, we, our rule is to stay in the same room together, and when David said that he went off, he only went meant he went off to the other bed, I just right. couldn't see him because there were so many people there. Oh. Um, it was like a, a lot of people crammed, he didn't really go into another room, no. so he was just not where I could see him. Our rule uh-huh. is, same room, same bed, same pile. We want to be able to hear each other and touch each other as as much as we can. I see. Okay. So you're really, like, doing this as a couple. And most of the parties that you go to, is everyone else in a couple? Is that kind of a requirement? Or do they also have, like, single women sometimes, too? Sure. Of, of course. Single women are always uh, welcome anywhere. Sometimes single guys are there, too. Uh, but it's not a requirement for us to be with other, um, you know, others. Uh, no, it's not a requirement that singles can't be there. But right. most of the time, we play with couples. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So you don't just, it just like... Gives us a, it, yeah, it gives us something for both of us to get excited mm-hmm. about when it's just another woman. I'm not bisexual, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. Uh, if what are you? Uh, what a situation. There you go. I'm trying to think of it. Yes, what a situation, situation is right. I'm happy to be with a woman, but in general, I'm not seeking out other women. Uh, certainly have had lots of experience with women, but it's only if it's exactly the right circumstance for me. Um, so However, that, if we were in a, in a club and you walked in, we'd be more than happy to play with you. <laughs> okay, sure. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, so do you, do you have to both, do you have to be attracted, like, you talk and say, yes, we're both attracted to this couple equally? Yeah. You yeah. And, you know, it's, for sure it's always about some type of attraction, whether it's a chemical chemistry, whether it's uh, they look good, whether they're, they feel compatible because they're fit. Like we are, we have similar likes. It's not always about appearance. It's really a lot about character, personality. If they laugh a lot, then they're much more attractive than if they're just sitting sullen in, in the corner. So there's lots of reasons that we find people attractive. One thing for sure, if we don't agree, we don't take one for the oh, team yeah. and we just move on. Because if it's not good for one of us, it's not good for both of us. Right. And so in the beginning, did you have experiences where one of you was, you know, feeling jealous because, you know, the guy had a really huge cock or the woman was, you know, blonder or taller, skinnier or whatever? 
than than you? Like, did you ever compare yourself to the other person <laughs> and feel jealous? Well, you know, that's a question that we get asked all the time. And uh, the only thing I can say is at first when we started in this lifestyle and we did, of course, have other women with more beautiful or bigger breasts than mine uh, who maybe could suck cock better than I could or and vice versa with David where um, I had a, a much bigger cock or a better body than his. And I was actually quite surprised that I had, like, zero jealousy. Like, I, I even talked to a sexologist. I wanted to understand why don't I feel jealous when he's with another woman or and why does he not feel jealous when I'm with another man. And, and so basically she explained to me, the sexologist explained that, you know, jealousy is uh, it's definitely a natural reaction that we have. But if you're in a very secure environment and a very secure relationship, then it might just be a fleeting moment where it just passes you by and you don't think of it uh, and mm-hmm. you don't notice it and it doesn't bother you. But one time I did experience very conscious jealousy and it was when, in fact, the story goes is when we had finished playing, we had a wonderful night and we were leaving our host a couple. Uh, we were leaving their home and David kissed the, the other woman goodbye and he went into a very deep, passionate kiss. Mm-hmm. And for me, the playing was over, and we were now just saying goodbye, and I felt the jealousy came at that point when I kind of felt like we should be back together again and, and leaving as a couple, and yet he did a very, not a little kiss, which is fine, not even a longish kiss, but it was a very deep, passionate kiss, and that was really the first time that I had felt jealousy. I explained mm-hmm. it to David and you know, in the car on the way home that, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe that I felt jealous about that. And so, you know, uh, it's my issue, not his issue. It's, you know, this is all on me, feeling jealous. And I, I worked it out, and I said, you know, we are leaving together. It's okay that he kissed this woman for a long time, and he gave her a nice, passionate kiss that she's probably going to dream about tonight now, and uh, <laughs> that we were leaving together, and I didn't have to worry about anything. So I, I did talk myself through that, but I was quite surprised when that day, uh, you know, this jealous moment jumped up at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like the the kiss just was outside of what you thought the boundary was for playing. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And it's very funny because, um, you know, the opposite of jealousy is compersion. And when we started in the lifestyle, the visual of another cock going into Carol's pussy or my cock going into another woman's pussy was a turn-on for us. And it got us going because you never really see what's going on with your partner when you're doing your partner and mm-hmm. we replayed the, the, the hun, did you see when my cock was in her pussy and she was moving around and Carol, sometimes she, she gets closer and she looks down and then she does the porn move where she pulls my cock out, sucks it, puts it back in and goes back to finish her fucking. But, you know, <laughs> that kiss, that kiss was just a little too, I guess, intimate for her. Yeah. Where fucking mm-hmm. was just sex. Right. Yeah. Well, so, you know, listeners know that my show here is primarily focused on non-monogamy of all forms, and I myself practice more of a polyamorous form of non-monogamy and less of the swinging, although I have, I went to the Lifestyles Convention in Las Vegas once, and I definitely have had experiences of doing that, but I feel like I personally enjoy having deep, intimate love connections with people when I'm sexual. And I look at swingers and go, how can they just have sex when they don't love somebody? And then you guys have this awesome, great sex life with people that you like, but you're not, like, in love with them. And you look at people like me and go, 
how can you stay in a relationship when you love other people? <laughs> it's like we're these different birds of the same feather. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree with you 100%. And, of course, the people out there who are listening going, I don't know how how either of you can do any of that stuff, right? <laughs> exactly, because when you have that deep, passionate kiss, it was like, oh, there's maybe some feelings there, and that's where it gets outside your comfort zone. Whereas right. I see my partner just have like anonymous sex with somebody, and I go, "Why did you do that? If you didn't even care about them, you know?" It's, yeah, it's like yeah. different ways of seeing it, and like people are suited for all different forms of ethical non-monogamy. That's why it's this umbrella. And I know lots of people who do both. You know, they're in a long-term mm-hmm. um, committed relationship like you. They have other partners that they go on separate dates with, and they go to play parties and do all of the above. <laughs> yeah, so we, yeah, we, we, like yeah we absolutely do. We absolutely do. And like what we say, that there's no right way or wrong way to live in this lifestyle. It's whatever works for you and your partner, whatever you've mm-hmm. agreed to and that you find is a fun, loving way to spend your life. And so you can make up your own rules as you go along. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's probably more swingers than polyamorous people. I think that most couples find it safer to keep it in the realm of sexuality and play mm-hmm. and know that they're mm-hmm. going to go home with their partner and bring that juice back. It's more challenging, I think, for couples to have separate dates with people where they're going away, they're not there, they don't see what's going on. So I think it's more common to be a swinger than a polyamorous, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. We agree with that statement. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was on a cruise one time with all these swingers and that big convention. And I guess there are polyamory conventions, too, but it just seems like there's a lot more people. And it's kind of been around longer. It's kind of been more known right. and acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, and you hear more about it because I think the polyamorous relationship things are more private. And because there is still the stigma around polyamory that you might not be telling your coworker or your your neighbor about, Whereas with swinging, it's all about getting together with a lot of people so you have a choice and an option of who you want to fuck tonight because there's going to be a different person the next week and the next week and the next week. It's all about the thrill and the novelty of it. That, that's really what drives uh, people in the lifestyle to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. When I did go to that lifestyle convention, I was walking through the hallway and I saw signs on the door like the Cleveland um, Swingers Club and the, you know, right. um, I don't know, different different small cities like in the Midwest. And I thought, well, there's probably a, a limited number of people in these groups and surely they'll get to know each other and have feelings of affection and friendship with each other. So I realize there's a lot of gray area where, yeah, if you're in a big city and you can have new people all the time, that's one thing. But if you're in a smaller town, you're likely to play with the same people over and over. And so there's some crossover between swinging and polyamory, right, where you have some affection for, sure. for people you've played with multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. But also, I think that even the swingers in the small towns, they go on trips. They'll go on weekends away so they can meet new people to the, ah, let's say, the town okay. next door. And they go to the swinger club there or they get on these cruise ships where there's 3,000 couples to choose uh, from or at a resort where there's four, 500 couples to choose from. So I think those people are not necessarily stuck in a small town and, and know their neighbors because most people don't tell other people that they're swingers. And so if you're in a small town, you might not swing with your local neighbor because, you know, they might be uh, on the PTA meeting or they might be a school <laughs> teacher or the mayor. Someone <laughs> might find out and then you don't want to tell your kids. So 
a lot of people in those small towns actually go to the next small town and go there, oh. and vice versa. So, um, yeah, Un- unfortunately, well, it's just... very much underground. Yeah, I hear you. So if somebody just wanted to, to try it out, how would they find swinger clubs or places to meet other swingers? Well, of course, there's dating sites online, which you can join. There's online communities like, for example, sdc.com or um, SLS, SLS. Cassidy. So there's, there's, there's dating sites dedicated to the swinger community. And on those sites, there are all the clubs and all the trips. Um, there's people who go to trips to Hedonism in Jamaica and Desire in Cancun. You, there's the Bliss Cruise. There's Cap Dag in the south of France. There's, there's lots of places around the world that you can go to meet people. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize is your neighbor next door might be a swinger <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 17% of the population identify as sexually okay. open and adventurous. Four or five percent are in the lifestyle. So if you go to a party, um, there's going to be people there who are at least interested or want to explore. Um, so, you know, it's not relegated to, oh, my God, it's only in Las Vegas or it's only um, in these places. You know, it, the, the the state of Texas, which is supposed to be the Bible, Bible. Bible conservative place, has the most swingers in North America. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I could imagine that the more repressed, more more uh, religious an area it is, the more there's going to be that, you know, opposite reaction with like more porn, yeah. more swinging, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it could be. Well, and there's plenty in California as well because there's so many people live there. And, and the Florida. Same, Florida and New York. Those yeah. are the main four main states that house all the swingers. And, and they're all in the nice weather. Well, not New York so much, but in the south, for example, they're all in the nice weather where you can be sexy and you're not wearing a fur coat and, and boots <laughs> when you, and, and traveling in the snow like we do here in Montreal. But, but a nice way to meet people is find your local swingers club, and there are swingers clubs everywhere, and just go in and watch. Just go with your partner. Go in and watch. Your rule is we're not going to do anything tonight. We're going to see what goes on. Guarantee you you're going to meet a couple because everybody sees who's coming in and very friendly. And talk and learn. Um, listen to our podcast. So there's hundreds of other podcasts about swinging. And have that conversation with your partner about um, what your rules and your expectations and what you're going in it for. Um, one thing for sure, if you're in a broken marriage, a marriage with sex problems, this is not the community or the, the way to go. You need to get that fixed first because in the lifestyle, you will only see strong couples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how you identified yourself as a strong, committed couple. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a good word. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. important. Yeah, similar with polyamory, like it's not going to yeah. fix something that's broken. It's just going to enhance. Um, it's just hard to stay super juiced up with the same person for years and years and decades um, when you're doing so many things together. It's just natural that you kind of fall into um, familiarity, and it's great to have those yeah. new experiences. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great even for, for fantasy, spotter for fantasy, because we, when we're not swinging, like we are, you know, in lockdown at times, um, you know, we're at home and we just think about all the fun times we had. We talk about, 
well, who's going to be with us here tonight in bed with us in a, in a fantasy world? And uh, we get ourselves all juiced up by the memories that we have from the other events we've been to. The other to. night, we were fantasizing about Samathy. <laughs> there you go. I love it. <laughs> you are absolutely beautiful. For people who haven't seen you, go check out her website. She's such a beautiful, loving, um, loving person. person. Now, let's just take a quick break and tell you all about our friends at Topless Travel. If you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply must book with Topless Travel. From Hedonism 2 in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, and all the Bliss Cruise adventures, Topless Travel needs to be your number one choice. Their trips are all about pushing boundaries, exploring your naughty side, and meeting and partying with tons of sexy fun people. And let's shout out to all their exclusive sexy host couples, including Party Mark, who are there to ensure that you'll have one hell of a sexy vacation. And you'll find us on many of the amazing topless travel trips. But listen up, we'll be back at Hedonism 2 for their erotic, topless, hedonistic Halloween week from October 21st to 28, 2023. It's going to be a pre-Halloween week-long bash, and we'd love for you to join us there. And new for 2024, Topless Travel is putting together not one, but two bucket list trips from which we will be broadcasting. First, we'll be exploring the ancient pyramids of Egypt, followed by a seven-day riverboat cruise down the Nile from March 2nd to 13th, 2024. And on the second bucket list trip, we'll be heading to Kenya for an African safari to witness the Great Migration, glamping in the wild savannah from September 2 to 11th, 2024. Space is very limited on both of these trips. I think they've already sold out over 90%. That's what I heard. So, if you don't want to miss these amazing adventures with other sexy, open-minded friends, then go and book your spot today. Do it before it's too late. For more information about these trips or any of the Topless Travel events, go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the Topless Travel Events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Absolutely. Um, so if you're just joining us, you're listening to Leading Edge Love Radio. I am your host, Sumati Sparks. I do open relationship and polyamory coaching at sumatisparks.com. And we're speaking with Carolyn David, host of the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. So speaking of fantasies, um, what are some of the ones that you've fulfilled in your adventures? Oh, my goodness. Especially at the beginning of our, uh, you know, our exploration of the lifestyle, we talked about our fantasies. And, and at that time, I was telling you that I was just reconnecting with my sexuality. And I was convinced that I didn't really have any fantasies. I'm just happy to go and do and try all new things. But eventually, I did develop some fantasies that some of them were fulfilled and some of them are still not fulfilled. But um, like, for example, um, David had this fantasy where he wanted, um, I said I wouldn't do it, so his fantasy was for someone else to do it, to rub themselves, the woman rub, rub herself on his head all over his bald head, right? That right. was a fantasy for quite a while. So the fantasy was, I'm bald, is to have a woman just grind her pussy on my head and come <laughs> and squirt all over me. I love to taste the squirt. I love consuming it. And so we were at this New Year's Eve party, and you announced I, I announced my fantasy, and two girls said, I'm up for it. And both of them came over, and they were sitting on my head while Carol was sitting on my cock. And I got to live out that one fantasy. Oh Carol was there, and she God. watched it. And as they came on my head, she came and squirted on my cock. And <laughs> it was 
Happy New Year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God, that exactly. sounds amazing for you. How incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was fun. That- and actually, for, for David's 50th birthday, nine years ago now, um, he wanted to have five women uh, for his fantasy on his 50th birthday. So we did have a party. We, we hosted a party where we invited five other couples. And that uh, we, you know, we announced now it's time for David's fantasy, and so all tied down and blindfolded. That's right. So all the ladies were to pay attention to him, and we all kind of just watched around. I had my camera, and the five ladies took care of David, uh, tied him down, blindfolded him. I don't even. She sat on your face anyway. I don't know if she was blindfolded. Now, now it sounds all (laughs) really exciting, except on a male body, there's really not enough room for five women. So the women (laughs) ended up doing a little bit of each other at the same time. But it was a great, great experience. Um, but one of the, the fantasies that Carol didn't know she had is every once in a while we play with some single guys, and we got this single guy um, who was a pilot who invited us to his hotel. He was in on a layover, and uh, he's a lot of fun. And we were playing, and we were both rock hard, and we both slid our cocks into Carol's pussy at the same time, so she had double vag, and mm. she just exploded. She squirted everywhere. She had this massive orgasm. Both of us are like holding off because we didn't want to come right away. And she was like, I didn't know that was something I would like, but that was a <laughs> yeah. fantasy that came true before yeah. it was a fantasy. <laughs> that was wow. That's that amazing. Was very fun. Wow. Yeah. And so earlier, Carol, you talked about you learned how to orgasm on command. What do you mean by that? Mm. <laughs> and how do you do that? Well, not really on command, but um, I didn't really have control of my orgasm at all uh, when I was, you know, in my marriage because we didn't have sex all that often and I didn't really know how to orgasm. I had my very first orgasm at 22, which seemed very late since I was having sex since 15. So I had sex for seven years and before I even had my first orgasm. Yeah. But then I never really understood what made it happen, what didn't, and I didn't actually masturbate at all, not even at all. And so... Uh, I didn't really know how to master, how to orgasm and what the sensation was and to know what are the cues and not on command as I, I said that word, but now I can put my womanizer there and 30 seconds later I can have an orgasm if that's what I want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It, you know, it was something that I learned about my body. I didn't really know what the cues were, how it happened. Then I did start masturbating actually after I wasn't married anymore. And so with David, um, he helped me to learn what what makes me orgasm? I didn't even know. Like if he said, well, what do you like? I'm not, I'm not even sure. I'm not really sure what makes that orgasm happen. So we kind of really learned together. And then all of a sudden she learned how to squirt. Oh, yeah. The squirting came after that. Once I figured out how to orgasm because I knew the signs, I knew when it was coming, and I would say, stay, stay on that, stay there, harder, harder. I knew what to do. Uh, and then next thing you know, I'm squirting as well. And I'm there, what was that? I don't even know what that was. <laughs> And so uh, he said, I don't know, but it tastes great. <laughs> I was sitting on his face. He had his fingers in my pussy, and now he's being drowned by all this squirt that's coming out of my pussy. And then after a certain amount of time, when the sheet and the mattress got stained, <laughs> we decided to develop uh, our top waterproof blanket, yeah. which now protects the bed, and you can just buy it on Amazon. I know we're putting a little plug here. So go to Amazon.com, look for top waterproof blanket. And yeah, that was the main that. reason that we developed it because actually we did find one waterproof blanket, but it was so not it was too small for our needs. 
And it was definitely too small for two couples. <laughs> yeah. So when we put it on the bed when we were playing, for sure whoever was squirting was not on the blanket. You know, the part of the bed that wasn't covered was always the one that got wet. So we said, <laughs> we need a blanket that covers the whole friggin' bed. So that's why we developed this jumbo size uh, waterproof blanket, which we sell on Amazon. Uh, it's good for the flat part of a king size bed or turned the other way and covers the complete queen size bed. So, uh, yeah, it just protects your bed and now you can just let it go. You don't have to worry about squirting. Is it going to make a mess? Is it- that's great sex is messy sex. <laughs> yeah. And so we used to always mm-hmm. do that when we were at a hotel room because I didn't want to ruin my sheets and my, my pillows all the time. So. Um, by having the blanket, we said, wow, we can just do it anywhere, on the floor, on the couch, and from the fireplace. It doesn't matter where we have sex yeah. in case I squirt, which I do almost every time we have sex. And she squirts by the gallon. So I always say, you know, squirt is hot until it's not, and I have to sleep in the wet spot. So now we have a blanket, and all is good. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, yeah, I was just going to talk about that. It was, uh, we were on the same wavelength because um, just for those listening, I had not yet really spoken with Carol and David yet. We were just setting up our podcast swap because I've been on their podcast too. And they said, we want to send you a gift. So I didn't know what it was. So I got this thing in the mail and I hadn't spoken with them yet and didn't experience how open sexually they were talking about everything. So I get this thing in the mail and I go, oh, they sent me a camping blanket. How nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then my friend goes, these are swingers sending this to you? I think that's for squirting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what was I thinking? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But it does work for camping, and, of course, it works as a stadium blanket. It's windproof and waterproof. and Protects your furniture from pets. Sure, for pets, if you have a dog with wet feet who comes up on your couch. So, yeah, it's good for lots of things. But it's great for if you're giving a massage and you don't want the, your hands yeah. to touch your sheets or your right. pillows. It yeah. protects everything. Yeah. Mm, sounds really awesome. Well, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I've Definitely used it already, so. (laughs) Yay, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, and so what other um, accoutrements and toys do you guys like to play with or do you recommend to other people when you coach people? Well, we do have an assortment of toys, that's for sure, but often people send us their toys because they want us to promote them on our radio show, and we say, sure, if we like it, we're happy to promote it. So they send us the toys, we try them out, We've got male toys and female toys and a Sibian and strokers and vibrators and insertables and big dildos. We've got everything you can possibly imagine. But the things that my go-to at the end of the day is always a womanizer. It's my favorite thing. Um, I like trying other things, but I always end up back with my womanizer. Uh, I don't need to be taking it with me everywhere I go. Uh, when I When we travel, I don't take toys with me, but... Uh, when we go to when we have when we host parties, we put out all our toys and people we, we have a sex play buffet. Yes. <laughs> and so, what is the womanizer? A vibrator? No, the womanizer has um, air technology that just uh, it like blows on your clit. Yeah, it blows air. It slightly vibrates, but it blows air onto your clit directly. So you have to hold it on your clit. Um, or near your clit. Sometimes it's right below, sometimes it's right on or right above, depends how sensitive it is. And it blows air. It feels like it's sucking, but it's actually blowing. But it's air technology with a slight vibration around like a ring that fits over your clitoris. It's a very nice product. Oh, wow, I haven't heard of that. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Oh, and every once uh-huh. in a while, you take that nice thick dildo, you put it in, yes. you like being full, and yes. the dildo with the womanizer, oh, and um, yeah. pour it all over the blanket. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like the womanizer doesn't 
like it doesn't make you numb like a vibrator can do over time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Carol enjoys the womanizer. After we fucked, after I've licked her clit, after she's had a nice orgasm and I'm lying on the side, and she takes it out and pops off three or four more orgasms yeah. while I'm kissing her, sucking yeah. her tits. Just to end the session, I can do that because, <laughs> because we can. Women can do that. Yeah. So we just do. Wonderful. Um, so I'm sure another question you get a lot is what about STIs? So do you have conversations um, at the parties that you play with, or is there just a, a given as to what the boundaries will be? Well, it certainly can be a given. You, you do want to check in with everybody, but I would say that most swingers do practice safer sex. Whenever you go to a sex club, there's condoms everywhere. Uh, when you go to a party, there's condoms everywhere. So you can, if you wish, talk about it, or you just, you know, it could what, be at the time. What's very interesting is um, we've seen over the many years that we've been in the lifestyle that the swinging community in general is very hygienic. So you don't even mm-hmm. normally see a person who has the sniffles or a cough or a cold. People who are in not feeling great just don't show up at a party because you know when you're going to a party, it's to get intimate. And it would just be rude and disrespectful to not um, take care of yourself and to pass it on. And um, Same thing with the use of condoms. It's kind of understood. But yeah. you can always check in with your you know, with the couple beforehand or not, but in general, that's what happens. Yeah, one of the things we get asked is, um, are condoms used in oral sex or dental dams? And mm-hmm. in the lifestyle, we do not see stuff like that, but safer sex is always, we always see a practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's similar in the polyamory community where we're so used to having conversations about our feelings and processing all of that, that um, talking about STIs, is one of the easier things to talk about. And yeah. So you can yeah. trust you can trust that anybody in the community who unknowingly learns that they have an SCI or they had one at the last party will tell everybody. You can trust that they're not going to be afraid to talk about it. Whereas exactly. cheaters are not going to tell anybody or like young mm-hmm. people in their twenties who, you know, are just out screwing around getting drunk often don't talk about it. So I think they've found that there's more STIs in, like, the young adult community and the cheaters than there are in the non-monogamous Agreed. Community. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would definitely that. agree with that. Yeah. I find even since COVID's been out there, it's a lot easier to talk about diseases. People are there, you know, do you have the virus? Did you get sick? Did you get vaccinated? It's almost an extension of the conversations mm-hmm. we have. Yeah, it is. We discovered that, too, that the, the, the um, safer, COVID, safer COVID conversation was just like a safer sex conversation, but instead of <laughs> right. who, do you, who do you share exactly. food with, it's who do you share air with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That works well. Yeah. yeah, and I'll just put a little plug in for myself here that um, I really love female condoms, and I think that's a really great um, replacement for the male condom because there's more protection, and men feel like they don't have to wear anything, and I find that it's way safer, so I did an interview somebody where they asked me what what are the thir- I, I told them what are the 13 ways that the female condom is better than a male condom and so that's on my website under my videos if anybody wants to watch it <laughs> oh that's, that's great that you put that kind of stuff up yeah that's great totally awesome okay so um what else i want to ask you is what do you do when things go wrong 
Yeah, things do go wrong sometimes, you know, especially if you've already been exploring the lifestyle and you understand where you're at and you know the kind of things that you, you like to do and that you don't like to do. At the beginning, you have no clue what to expect, so therefore you kind of go with the flow. But after you get to know what things you like and what you don't like, you kind of have a different level of expectation. And sometimes uh, when you meet a couple, you think everything's going to be great. You talk to them online. Then maybe you give them a phone call. You say, hey, you want to meet for a coffee? The coffee turns out great. Let's have a date. And then on your date, somehow you, this doesn't feel right anymore. And so now what do you do? And really what you have to do is you politely excuse yourself. You don't put yourself in a situation where it's not going to be good for the four of you. And mm-hmm. it feels maybe a little weird at the time, but it's better to feel weird at the time before you get your clothes off and you're in this intimate situation. And uh, we had it with us um, about um, just before Christmas. We met this really nice couple. We went out for dinner. They said, do you want to play? And Carol very politely said, mm, it won't happen tonight. It's not going to happen yeah. tonight. Really sorry. You guys are a nice couple, but you're not compatible with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that does happen. And another thing that happens, which kind of is already in the moment, because you've already got all the way your clothes are off. You've you know, you one of you is sucking a cock, and and the cock just doesn't get hard. <laughs> yeah, and and that is something that happens. I'm not going to say regularly because also people in the lifestyle try not to drink too much if that's going to affect their erection. If they think they might have a, uh, you know performance anxiety, sometimes they'll use um, Viagra. Viagra, thank you. Uh, so a lot of people do come prepared, but it does happen where, for whatever reason, whatever's going through his head, the cock is just not getting hard. And um, when you end up with a dud like that, there's really not a lot you can do. Even there's not a lot you can say because he just feels worse if you just, you know start saying something. Oh, don't worry. And so we just kind of laugh it off. And, and you you go back to your partner. Yeah. Because your partner knows what to do. And it happens to me. Yeah. There's times where my cock doesn't yeah. get hard. And it doesn't ruin the evening. But you have to reorganize the evening right. a little bit. Right. And maybe the girls will play a little bit together. And the guys will fuck their own partners. And it's not the end of the world. But, you know, as a guy, if you're not getting hard, you can't let the woman stay there for an hour and a half trying to suck your cock to yeah, get it hard. Cause yeah. The harder you try, the softer it gets. <laughs> right. And right. sometimes the wife can just jump in and, and do her thing or her magic. Sit on your face. Because she whatever. knows him, yeah. whatever it might be. Right. And then it might work after that. If not, you just, you know, I just fuck David. And that's okay, too, because, you yeah. know, there's nothing better than the fuck with my husband. So, so And we've been in a situation <laughs> where we're playing with a couple. Everything's going. Carol's having a great time. And the woman said, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, we have to just stop and um, you guys just want to have dessert or something. And the ending was over. Yeah. And you don't hold it against them because you can't be compatible with everybody. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really good to know that you can with, revoke your consent at any time. It's, you don't have to be so codependent that you're, I, I wanna, didn't want to hurt their feelings, so I had sex with them when mm-hmm. I didn't want to. <laughs> That's just really self-violating. Well, Yes, exactly. And and some people still, I hope they're listening, because some people still have a hard time saying I really need to, you know, excuse myself, and they just don't, and they just put up with it. Like you said, um, it's better to just not do that. So if people out there are still having a hard time talking about it, just know that it's the right thing to do. It is. And in the lifestyle, there's three, I'd say four rules, and um, the first rule is ask first. The second rule is no means no. The third rule is if you don't get an enthusiastic yes, it's a no. And the fourth rule, which I always add in, is be respectful. Mm-hmm. Listen to what the other person is saying 
and whether you agree with it or not, it's their feelings, it's their emotions, and just go with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and if you do those four things, you're going to have a great time in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so what about if somebody's not being respectful and they, like, you know, grope Carol without asking first or or they're just kind of creepy energy and, you know, they're, they touch that, you that's in a weird when you way? Just excuse. You excuse yourself from the situation. Right. But a person like that won't survive in the environment because they'll mm-hmm. end up being, like, just pushed out of a of a, a place where mm-hmm. you don't belong. Yeah, because also mm-hmm. if there's even um, – and depending on the party or where you've met this person, if there's security, they'll remove that person right away. You can just make a complaint if he's not following the rules and you have to ask. For and it. over all these years, we haven't, we haven't seen it. Yeah, not has not happened to us. No. And whenever no, we great. see drama happening, if drama's starting to happen and you see things are going on, to go. we walk away. Well, there's a lot mm-hmm. of nice people that we can go talk to them instead, you know. And nobody's mm-hmm. a better fuck than Carol. So if things aren't going right, we find a corner and we just fuck each other. Yes, fine. <laughs> That's great. So I had a partner that really loved swinging, and I, as I said, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but he needed somebody to go with him. So what I would do is I would tell the husbands if, um, you know, if you're okay with me, like, doming you, like, topping you, and they would usually say, okay. So then he would go off and talk to the wife, and I would not have intercourse with the man, but I would just, like, Top him, and it was sort of fun to just play with them and make him my bitch, <laughs> like, to kind of keep yeah. stuff with them. And that way, I was Love in it. control. I was having fun, but I wasn't doing something sexually that I didn't want to do, and he was getting attention. <laughs> it all works exactly. It all works out. I wouldn't say no. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> was really fun. So you wanted me to ask you about your New Year's Eve with the porn star. So I'm dying to hear that story. Oh, that was a fun story. It's a little while ago now, but we used to always host New Year's Eve at our house. With, I, with about six couples. Yeah, and we would make it like a weekend event where people would come up on the New Year's Eve and stay New Year's Day and even another day if they wanted to. It didn't matter. And we have a little rule that we don't invite people to our parties that we don't know or that they don't know the other person. So everybody mm-hmm. is somehow connected. So we had this party. We invited some friends, and our our good friends invited a couple from California. Well, they were in town visiting, and they said, well, would it be okay if they joined us? And we had never met them before. We hadn't met them before. We said, you know what, that would be a lot of fun. And they gave us a little hint that the woman used to be a porn star. Mm-hmm. We said, okay, but it's a secret. She's not a porn star anymore. She's, you know, family. She's a mom, like swinging, but, you know. So, so she comes to the yeah. party, and we're all playing. And it was really a good, compatible group of people. The girls were doing two-ended dildos while I was licking both their pussies. Two girls were over the couch. They were getting fucked and sucking cocks. It was, it was a real, real orgy. And then all of a sudden, this girl, um, who we knew was the porn star, went over to another one of our friends and starts sucking his cock and starts kissing him, and he starts fucking her. And he's having a great time, and they finished. And I went to him, and I said, you know, she was a porn star. So now, and he's the voyeur in, in the whole um, party. He's, like, taking all the pictures. He goes up to her. We find out. He finds out her name. Oh, my God, I've been following you for 15 years. He's pulling up her videos on Pornhub and everything. And it's like this this story, what happened 12 years ago, Probably. he still tells it today. Yeah. He still tells oh, wow. it in our circles because it was the experience of his lifetime that he got to fuck and, and she sucked his cock, the, the, the porn celebrity that he followed as he was growing up. Right. Oh, my God, that must have been so amazing for him. Oh. 
Yeah, it was really fun. And actually, ever since we knew that she was a porn star after that, it was out in the open now, right, that we started doing, like, real, I'm going to say porn star moves, things that I wouldn't normally do. Like, I don't even know how to describe that, but the way we were acting and we were having fun with it, and we kind of were all pretending to be porn stars now. And that was really fun. Yeah, it was all sorts of fun things. That's such a great story. Thank you for sharing that. I love it. Um, so as we start to wrap up, um, if somebody was considering exploring this winging lifestyle, what are some of the first things that they should discuss with each other? Say the first thing you guys got to talk about is why you want to be in this lifestyle. What are you going to get out of it? What is it going to be good for you and you? I, share those kinds of reasons why you would like to do this. And at the same time, if you're not sure, share the reasons why you're not sure if it's the right thing for you. I think that's a good place to start. What don't, do you think? Don't have the discussion right after you have sex. You know, have it at a moment where it's quiet and you can talk about it. And um, we've had 400 guests on our show and all the experts will tell you that when you have a conversation like this, do not include the word no. Keep an open mind, have an open discussion, go online, listen to podcasts, uh, find the experts. There's, go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com. We have hundreds of experts. You can reach out to all of them. You can reach out to us at askatcarolandavid.com. And just get yourself as much information as possible to keep that dialogue going. And like I said earlier, if you're not sure what to expect, go to a swingers club and just watch. The two of you, just go have sex in public. That in itself is a spice in your sex life that you don't normally do because you can't have sex in your local Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Go have a good time, meet a couple, talk to a couple. Um, It's very easy to go to the dating site and get caught up in endless chats and endless chatter and meet people. Um, At least on the uh, lifestyle websites, the majority of the profiles are real when you stay on the paid sites. Um, but just have a good time, and when you go do every event, when you come home, talk about it, keep dialogue going. But like Carol said, the first thing you need to do is decide why are we going to do this. Um, and, if the, and if the question is to have better sex, um, you can have better sex with the two of you. You don't have to bring another human being into your sex life. There's toys, there's fantasies. Um, and sometimes we, well, if you're not sure, because it's really hard to match four people, Try a threesome. Mm -hmm. Bring in a woman or bring in another guy, um, maybe a friend, maybe a stranger. (laughs) That's something you guys have to decide on. But just go slowly. Do it in baby steps. You don't have to do all or nothing. Another nice way of exploring is going on a week's vacation because you have time to meet people. So go to a hedonism. Go on the cruises. Go to Desire. And just remember that at those places, 50% of the people are not swingers. They're just there exploring their sexuality. So you could start with that, explore your sexuality. If you want to dip your toe in, you can. And if you don't, you don't have to. Right. But we always want to remind everybody that this, the swing lifestyle is for anyone, but it's not for everyone. Right. So you have to decide, right. is it for you or not? Right. And the majority of right. people swing for the excitement, for the adventure, for the, the, the change. And the average age in the lifestyle is about 45. It's people who are in strong relationships, empty nesters and they want to add some spice into a sex life that might have been 25 years with kids in the house, and they want to try something different. Um, so make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. So remind me what those acronyms were when I asked you where do you find people. You threw out a couple of three-letter acronyms. What were sure. those? 
Sure. Well, SDC.com is... Is the website. Is the website. That's the name of the website. And the other one is Swing Lifestyle. What is the SDC? So I don't understand. What are the three letters? S- sure. S-D-C, Swinging Date Club is where it comes oh, okay. from. SDC.com. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. And, and the, the other, other one, one is... Swing Lifestyle. Swing Lifestyle. Okay. Com. And then there's Cassidy.com. With K-A-S-I-D-I-E. K-A-S-A. Cassidy. Okay. Okay, great. All right. Well, well we're, um, we're about out of time. Those are some of the bigger sites. So, yeah, thank you. Um, it's been such a delight speaking with you. The time just flew by when you're talking about sex and next best thing to actually having sex. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so um, just... Take a moment to remind everybody where to reach you, talk about your blanket, or anything else that you want to share. So it's very simple. Everything you want to find out about us, about our podcast, about um, our website, just go to thesexylifestyle.com. All the links are there to our social media, to um, anything that we do. Our top waterproof blanket is available on Amazon in the U.S. and in Canada. Just search top waterproof blanket or sex blanket. It's there. The three colors are there. And... Um, you know, what we say to everybody is just go out and have great sex because great sex matters. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carolyn David, so much. It's been a delight, and I wish you all the best on your continuous sexy adventures. Thank you so much, Timothy. We really enjoyed being with you and talking with you tonight. Okay, great. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye now. If you have any questions at all, you know you can always send us an email at ask at carolindavid.com. Alrighty, wow, that was so much fun. Thanks so much to Sumati Sparks for having us on her podcast. We had a blast. And like we do every week, we want to thank her and all our listeners for being there week in and week out. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe, and of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new. Spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 